0: Hello and welcome to the Wolves Report. I'm Ryan Leicester and thank you for joining us for episode 72, where tonight we'll discuss and analyse Wolves' 3-1 defeat to Liverpool, take your questions and look ahead in the next week's game against Luton. Of course, my dependable soldier, my club captain, Nockey, to join me to guide me through proceedings. It's been a, quite an interesting 24 hours. to start things off. Your take on Wolves 1, Liverpool
1: 3. Oh, really strange game, in all honesty. Um, it, it felt like a testimonial. It felt pretty flat, really. Not from the players' point of view. I thought the first half, the players were decent. Um, but the atmosphere seemed a bit flat to me. Um, Liverpool certainly were very flat. I think they'd had to make a few changes, which had, which had affected them. Um, but, you know, a, a positive first half, I think we, we we played on the front foot, we played a high press, made life difficult for them, squeezed them and, and didn't give them much in terms of opportunities to to really get at us. And I think in midfield in particular, I thought with Lamina, we really made life hard for them and they were kind of patched up in that area. So we were able to take control of that, scored a, a really good goal, um, the run from Pedro Neto. Absolutely phenomenal. He was. He looked like the Pedro Neto that we first signed. He was really, really strong, causing all kinds of trouble. But I, it was just really strange. I never felt comfortable in the game. I never felt at any point in the match where we were going to win it, even when we're kind of getting, even we're we getting at half time, we're a goal up and they haven't really threatened us. I didn't. I never felt comfortable. I didn't feel like we were going to hold on. And the goal we gave away, the first goal, I think was pretty poor from my point of view. I don't think we trapped runners. I don't think we were particularly organized defensively and, and we allowed a, a player like Salah too much space in the area and we've ended up being punished and and then just the same old problems again. We've we've capitulated again. It's it's three goals again in the second half. That's was that three times in five games we've managed to do that. And yes, they're are phenomenal team. You've got to put it into context. They're a, they're a very good side, but they were a very good side that were patched up and they weren't at their best. And we, we just didn't lay a glove on them second half. And I think Clock made some alterations, which shut down Neto and Bellegarde, who were having a really good first half. O'Neill didn't really adjust to that at all. He, he kept sort of doing the same things. Substitutions, I know he's had a little bit of stick for the substitutions. I think the only one I, I was questioning was probably Doherty. Um, I didn't understand putting him on, where he put him on. But in terms of Lamina, he's, he's, he gets 60, 70 minutes in him, and then he's got to come off, So a natural swap is Um I maybe wouldn't have gone to Silver. I thought it was a game that... Kulajic would have suited. We could have put the ball up to him, try and get players playing off him. Um, but it, it was just, tactically, I, I didn't think we reacted well to to Liverpool's impact on the game. I don't think we reacted well to the goals. The second goal we gave away was was horrendous by Sar. He'd done one in the first half where he dropped the ball and, and could have given a goal away. Second half, it did cost us a goal because he's trying to find Neto. He, he didn't need to do that. Neto's got a couple of players on him. He, the chance of him scoring from there is relatively slim. And, I, and I'm a... Maybe slightly old-fashioned, but I'm very much in the mindset of if you can't win the game, just don't lose it. A point out of that one, you know, I'd have took that. So just some real strange decisions on and off the field. But the lack of fitness is is a massive concern for me. I think we seem to fall off a cliff, sort of 65, 70 minutes. We're having to bring different players on. We haven't got the quality on the bench to replace what we've got on the pitch. and We're paying a price for it. So I was disappointed. Um Lack of leaders on the pitch is another thing I'm I'm really concerned about as well. But I just think tactically, we we could have done things a little bit differently. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but maybe switching to a three at the back to protect that 1-1 lead when you're getting towards the last sort of 20 minutes of the game. But yeah, a a decent first-half performance, but um, it ends up being another disappointing afternoon.
0: Do you think the disappointment is more because we spoke on the podcast last week and although we had some fun predictions, the majority of us expected to lose and lose comfortably. Is the disappointment, again, because we had opportunities to maybe go in at half-time, two, even three up, because Wolves got themselves into some really good positions. Cunha, I'm not sure if he was trying to hit, he didn't know what he was doing, he got he got really lost in that moment. That's 2-0, it should have been 2-0. And there there's other opportunities when the, the right pass wasn't found, when it was a three-on-two position. Is it more a case of... I'm disappointed because there was an opportunity gone by because I'm trying to take some heart from the game was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. I looked at Liverpool. It was a weakened side, but there's, there's there's players all over the place they can bring on. They did that. But Wolves should have been going to that break at least 2-0 up.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, last season we got the first goal against Liverpool, then we followed it quickly on with the second goal and we kind of killed the game really when we did that. Um, Cunha's... I'm a big fan of Cunha, I think he's a good player but for the kind of, whatever fee you've paid him, whether it's £44 million or 4000000 million you've got to finish that you, you've got to score that opportunity he's kind of torn between trying to head it and volley it and in the end he, he doesn't do anything with it but he, is he a central striker, is he a player who should be playing there I've, I've thought from day one that he's not but he does give you those legs so I can understand why he's played in that area but the, I mean the disappointment, yeah it, it, maybe it was but I think it's more disappointing that it's the same issues that are hitting us all the time. If we'd have just lost that game 3-0, which was my prediction on the last week's podcast, then we kind of expected that. But when you get yourself into a position where you can win the game and then you, you know, the same mistakes, the same errors, the same capitulation, the same lack of fire up front, it's frustrating because we're repeating the same errors. So... Probably a little bit better than I thought we were going to be, but we still end up losing a game that we, you know, we, we probably should have got a bit more out of.
0: Yeah, there's there's lots of comments coming through. You, if you are joining us for the live show, you can comment on Facebook and YouTube, and we'll get as many of your screens up on as well. Currently, listening and watching episode 72 of the Wolves Report, analysing Wolves 1, Liverpool 3, with club captain Martinock and myself, Ryan Lester. Yeah, I. I do think a lot of the frustration on social media, um, I mean, it's hard, isn't it? Because you come out of the game, we all love our football club so much. It's hard to be rational immediately after the game because we're angry or frustrated. No one likes losing. It can consume you. We're football fans. It's ridiculous what a football game can do to a man or a woman. But that's where we are. And it's frustrating. We've been to enough games together. We've been miserable enough and we've celebrated enough. But I think the frustration of... Another missed opportunity like Old Trafford, missed opportunity. Brighton chances in the first half, missed opportunity. Liverpool half time in the first half, missed opportunity. Now you don't know if you score in those games extra. It might it might be it might take a turn and be different. But the frustration for me is we're not finishing those chances. But and I know I'm clinging and clutching at straws, Naki, but we're creating chances. These first halves are good. The only thing missing is the clinical, the brutal, being ruthless in front of goal. But that's the most difficult thing in the game, isn't it? Um.
1: Yes, we're fashioning opportunities, but I think we only managed two shots on goal in the whole match. So we may be getting into those positions, might be getting into those spaces, but we're not getting that killer pass right. And you, you look at Harland, he probably missed six great opportunities yesterday but he sticks one in the back of the neck. He keeps getting himself into those positions and we just don't seem to have the mentality or that killer instinct to, to take those chances. And yeah, look, the performances haven't been, haven't been terrible, but is that reflected in our points, tally? You know, we've lost all but one game. So this league, incredibly unforgiving. You've got to take those chances when they come your way. And we're not doing that at the moment. And, It's only going to go on for so long. You keep getting beat and you're playing well. You've got something to hang on to, but eventually you're just going to keep getting beat because the confidence is going to fall, the performances are going to drop and a little bit of belief is going to leak out of them. You can kind of feel that almost happening. As soon as the first goal is the back of the net, the shoulders are down. We're dropping 10 yards further back. The energy seems to have been sucked out of us. and This isn't a new problem for Wolves. We haven't been scoring goals for really four seasons now and we haven't managed to solve that. We kind of hope that Fabio would be the man to turn that for us this season. Early signs aren't good. Um, Kolejic, I'm not sure why he wasn't given an opportunity in that game. It's, it felt perfect for him having a 18-year-old kid on his debut, link him up alongside him, bomb high balls into him. It might be ugly, but you're going to get the balls dropped down around him. But if you take the goals out of it and you take the efforts on target out of it, the way we concede in goals has to be a massive concern. I mean, if you look at Robinson's goal, which which wins the game, he picks the ball up on the halfway line and, you know, Sars kicks awful, but he's picked the ball up on the halfway line. He's the deepest Liverpool player at that point. He makes a run in a straight line, nothing clever, just keeps moving, passes the ball and he follows his pass into the area. He runs between three Wolves players. No one tracks him and he taps in, you know, that... You've got to make teams work for goals. And I don't think we're doing that at the moment. You look at the list of goals we've conceded this season, we're not making teams work for us. I think other than one or two goals, every goal has been really avoidable from our point of view. I mean, you look at the Matoma goal, chop him, do something, but we watch him walk through and we're too nice, we're too soft in those areas. We've got a real soft underbelly and it's costing us games and it's costing us,
0: you know, potentially a place in the Premier League. I would... Agree to disagree that Wolves are a bit soft. I think they're a bit naive tactically. I think in certain areas of the pitch with Matoma and when the, when there are players breaking, I'm prepared to take more bookings because all the best sides do that. All the Premier League sides do it. They take ugly bookings, not silly ones, when they'll pull someone back and it stops the play in the counter. So could that's we... that's been
1: tough though, isn't it? I mean, that's been soft. How many times did Adama do that last season and
0: get smashed? Got decked every it? time, especially against Brighton. Got decked yeah, every single time. Guess.
1: We don't do it because we're too nice, you know. And tactically, yeah, I agree with you. But you don't tactically set your team up to chop someone down when they go through you. That has to be an instinctive. Um, you're not getting past me. You need your nasty people in there to just smash him. And if you get a booking out of it, you get a booking out of it. But we're a very nice team. We're a very quiet team. You know, I, I don't want Connor Cody back by any stretch of the imagination. But you heard Connor Cody when he was on the pitch. You heard everything. I mean, our old loud the ground was, what was going on. You knew that he was directing traffic. I don't see anything at, at all. I don't see anything, anyone who can grab that game by the scruff of a neck and carry us through. I mean, Nevers wasn't the loudest captain, but he led by example and he, he pulled us through some really difficult times. I don't see anything like that in the Wolves squad at the moment, which, which is an absolutely massive concern. Uh,
0: b- before we dig in and pick them up for the second half, I just wanted to focus a little bit more on the first half to try and Find some positivity because as we know, football is played over 90 minutes, not forty-five. But if wolves can start turning those forty-five minutes into ninety performances, they're getting something from it. Now, the missing ingredient, since before Jimenez, we didn't get a backup to Jimenez. Wolves were closer signing the striker this window. Are we sitting on more points now if we saw one of those players if we sign one of those players we were linked with? Such a difficult question, isn't it? Because
1: I do think there are positives to take. There's positives to take from the whole season. Kunja has been really good, in my opinion. I think he's had a good season. He can't put the ball in the back of the net, and that's what he's there to do. Um, we're desperate for Fabio to do well. For me, I just think Kalajic. you saw against Everton, he can dominate defenders, and he can get onto it, and he makes... He makes the goalkeeper unsure because he's such a big lad. You want to come and challenge him. You want to try and get the ball. And Pickford got stuck in no man's land, and he scored again in the League Cup, or it was against Blackpool. It's a goals a goal. When you haven't been playing for twelve months, putting the ball in the back of the nets, what you are there to do? And he's not really had much of a sniff since that. I and mean, I don't really understand it. I, I thought that game without Van Dijk would have been perfect for him. You know, you get him, you link him up to that to the young kid they've got, play balls off him play off him and try and find space in around him. And as I said earlier, it's not the nicest tactic in the world, but you can physically bully a team like Liverpool if they haven't got a Van Dijk in the team. And so, yeah, maybe we would have done a little bit more with the striker, but the, the players we were linked with, I mean, you look at Che Adams, he's not exactly set the championship on fire, has he? And same with Ian Hatcher, he hasn't set the championship on fire. And maybe a move would have, would have done them good and they could have made a bit more of an impact. But I kind of feel like we've got that striker who could do that sat there. You, you play him and you've got Cunha off him and, or you, now you've got Bellegarde as well who looks like a you know, potentially a decent player. You've got Neto in the form of his life. Neto's delivering. He's got as many assists as anyone in the league. Four you've assists so got, far this season. You've got a player like Neto swinging balls into a six foot seven inch striker. If you get that right, what's going to happen? So, but we're not, we just don't seem to want to use that tactic. We, we seem desperate to use Fabio. who's absolutely shot confidence-wise and so better off the striker but maybe better off if we play the striker that we've got that could potentially be a little bit more effective.
0: I think the thinking was and I'm I'm not defending it I'm just giving the reason why I talked about it a bit on social media before the game and I, I think the aim was to get in behind the fullbacks and clearly in the first half that space was there for Neto again and again and again and using the pace that we had and Liverpool weren't as good as I thought would be first half and Wolves were much better than I thought they would be first half. So that plan of getting behind nearly worked if it wasn't for more clinical finishing. So I agree about it, Sasha. I just think, though, you need to have very all the mobile players around him. You can't afford to have anybody like Bellegarde just off him good, Neto one side, then you've got to find one more. But the more I think about it, it makes sense. But we do have to remember he's had, he's had that injury twice now. It's a terrible injury. We've got to nurse him back into it. I, I see him yeah. probably. Go on.
1: No, that's no, sorry. I do mean to jump over you. Um, no, I do agree. We do need to nurse him, but no minutes isn't nursing him, is it? No minutes is just not putting him on the pitch. And I, I just think tactically, you're absolutely right. The, the, the tactics in the first half were spot on. We got him behind them. We used our pace. We used the energy mm-hmm. and we caused them trouble. But Liverpool were never going to be that bad second half. And Klopp is a, is a world-class manager who's going to adapt to that that's when you want to see that adaption coming in from our manager as well. You want to see Gary O'Neill think, okay, what can we do differently now? And When you've got players like Robinson who are starting to push up and they're bringing Darwin Nunez, you're going to have space in the wide areas because they're pushing onto you. So put Kolojic on, tell Neto to go and get chalk on his boots, spread the play left and right and just give yourself something to, to hit him. Maybe you drop Darwin Nunez back five or ten yards, maybe you drop you know, the midfielders back slightly because they've got that concern of him. We didn't adjust to it. And that's where I think the game was lost is we didn't react to those moments that were that were changing the game. And, and that's, you know, if you don't do that, if you don't react in football, you're going to get caught up.
0: Yeah. Before we go through the, the player analysis of the analysis of the starting 11, um let's talk about the second half. Then. um didn't really want to do it, but we had to do it at some stage. um It, it was another painful repeat for me, very similar to the Brighton game. Um, not similar to the Man United game because Wolves were good in both halves that game and it was only their their finishing that and a ridiculous decision that cost Wolves something at Old Trafford in the opening game. But well, looking at the Liverpool team, knocker, you, you see their bench, you see you see Canate, you, you see Diaz, you see Nunes, you see to an extent, you see Elliott. It's another world to our bench. And when you can bring those players on, and according to the bookies, the, they think Liverpool are the team that are going to finish second this season. So, b- before we talk about the second half, just briefly, though, are we beating ourselves up against potentially the second best side in the country? Probably. And the fact that we've done the podcast on a Sunday when it's still a
1: little bit raw. I mean, I'm a, I'm a 40 41-year-old year man and I'm, I'm like a child when it comes to football. All the toys are well and truly still out the pram.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, but... I mean, you have got a point and you look at the players who were missing. I think that's a frustrating thing for me, the players that were missing. Van Dijk was missing. Trent Alexander-Arnold was missing. Thiago was missing. So then it becomes an opportunity. If they play their full strength and they blow us off the pitch 3 or 4 nil. okay, fair enough. It's their full strength. But they didn't start Nunes. You know, that there was players that they, they didn't start, which gave us a massive opportunity. And I think when you've got a team like Liverpool or any of the, you know, the big sort of four or five, six teams in the division, when you've got them in an uncomfortable position, that's when you've got to put them to bed. You've got to get that second goal because they're going to readjust. They're going to change things around. And we did it last year. We should have done it this year. We had more than enough opportunities. And even if you take the fact that we only managed two shots on goal as you said earlier, the opportunity for Neto when he gets himself into a good position, delivers it, no one attacks it. You've got Cunha's opportunity where he's got to score that. So we get the second goal. I think the game's totally different and we've got something to really hold on to second half. So we probably are beating ourselves up because they're a good team, but they're a good team who are probably the weakest they've been at any point this season. And we we didn't capitalise on it because we didn't adjust.
0: I, I agree, but it's absolutely modern football absolutely a squad game. And I think the yeah. two players that I mean, you, you've, yeah, the, the two players I think have both been in South America. We couldn't afford to do that with ours that are travelled. Um, we've got to play our best players. We don't have that luxury. So um, it was a frustrating second half. Now, to put, to put you into the manager's position, what would you have done differently in the second half? I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, as you said earlier on. But obviously, Huang was blowing. He, again, travelled the other side of the world. Cunha travelled the other side of the world. We can't expect miracles from these guys, but could we have done more in the second half, like you suggested off-air, like switching to a five? How do you, pro- how do you protect Semedo more? What would you, what should we have done differently, Nako? I thought Semedo had a good game. Um, I think at half-time I'm not changing
1: anything because we're in a very good position. We're, we're relatively comfortable. I think when they equalise and we get getting towards you know, the last sort of 20 minutes of the game, Personally, I would have bought Toti on. I would have gone to three at the back because I think Dawson and Kilman were starting to just struggle a little bit. Dawson in particular was starting to get a little bit leggy. I'd have gone three at the back. You know, if you can't win the game, don't lose it. And I think that would have given us more stability and more ability to do that. Substitutes-wise, we're kind of struggling. I think there are fitness issues at Wolves. I don't think there's any question about that. But as soon as we lost Lamina, Bubicar's the right move. Lamina to come on, you know, he's he's got to be the straight swap for him. He's the only real option. The Doherty one, I understand him. We didn't have too much we could do in that position, but Doyle played there last season. Would you not have been better switching him over there? He just felt like it was unnecessary to bring Doherty on. I think if we go three at the back, you bring Doherty on and then you play him as a wing back and you give yourself a little bit more opportunity then. But, it's difficult because Liverpool were always going to come at us and they they did keep coming. They kept putting pressure on. They kept coming forward. I just think that when we're in a position where we won one, a point's a decent result for us. I maybe would have gone three at the back and just tried to solidify it.
0: I mean, would you have done anything different? It's a tough one because I can I, can, I get the logic behind Doherty. But if you're playing two fullbacks on one side, you're basically inviting them on because there's there's not going to be a lot going forward. As much as Doc's good going forward, he's good at overloading and overlapping when he's a wingback. When there's two fullbacks next to each other, there's not a lot of creativity and it didn't really make a lot of difference. It didn't really stop. Um, I think it was Luis Diaz on that side of the pitch. He didn't really stop anything that was happening. I mean, he's a very good footballer. Um, A look at the bench, Toti, yes, maybe. Sarabia, probably not his kind of game. Boubacar, probably not his best game. Doyle's a good call on there. Does he have the legs to play on the right-hand side and track? Um, the biggest thing for me um, of recognising Liverpool playing well was the fact the ball kept coming back. And, and this is when your Sasha argument would come good because if you're pinging it up front and the ball is being recycled and it's coming again and again, eventually they're going to get you because there's only so often you can clear it without them coming back and taking an opportunity. And that's what happened. And the fact the ball just kept going coming back again and again wave after wave it was a matter of time and would go in maybe wing backs 352 five, or 532 bringing Sasha on to hold the ball up to give us an out ball and maybe Neto just feeding off him with someone else in midfield maybe that's what i would have done um but then if we lose 3-1 do you say the manager's invited on his criticism i do think social media has been quite tough on Wolves for getting beat by Liverpool. And I do repeat myself here, but the circumstances I think are frustrating people with the fact that Wolves probably should have been two, maybe three up at half time. That's the biggest frustration. But going back to your original point, I think wing-backs would have been the way forward, but we watched too long and before we knew it, we're chasing the game. And at 1-1, I think we all felt we all knew what was going to happen. Um, it was just wave after wave and, and, and quality got the better of us in the end.
1: Yeah, I do agree. But I think the issue we've got that people maybe got with O'Neill, he's sort of on a hide into nothing because without sounding harsh, I don't think anyone really wanted him. I think, he, you know, you have some like a Graham Potter around that we would have wanted, but now he's here. You're going to give him all the backing in the world, but I don't think he helps himself, especially when you see the performance of Fabio when he came on, who just looked lost when he came on the pitch. And you've got Sasha, who's got himself a couple of goals sat there it's the it's not reacting it's in some of the comments as well I mean after the game some of the stuff he said I, I felt was was almost bizarre especially the comment around this, the central defenders that they' they kind of take themselves off and do their own thing I don't really understand that I mean' you're, you're the manager you you surely you're telling them where you want them to be um and then the, the comment around most goals are scored in the second half anyway. Well, yeah, they are at Wolves because we can see loads in the second half. It's just that some of the stuff he's saying at the moment, he, he, I said it last week, it just it feels a lot Dean Saunders, he, you know, when he was at Wolves. Some of the, the things he comes out with when we lost to Brighton and he said that we, you know, we could have scored eight goals and things like that. He just, there's some uncomfortable things coming out of him. He, he's a young manager, he does absolutely need time. Um, but you, you, we seem to be repeating the same mistakes. And I think that's where the frustrations are coming in.
0: Yeah, I get that into context as well. It's his second job. He did a good job at Bournemouth. And, Noki, he's the same age as you. So, in football terms, as a manager, he's he's, he's quite a young guy. So, yeah. maybe next week we put you in charge and we, we get him on the podcast. So <laughs> yeah, we could,
1: We'd end up with nine red cards and a, we'd ship about 14.
0: <laughs> Reducer do, reducer.com. Um, <laughs> let's go. Oh, by the way, I'm I'm still pro O'Neill. I want to back, back him. I want him to do well. He has frustrated me. Um, but what I would say, and people might shoot me down for this, is... He's, this is his, He hasn't really had a pre-season. He had one or two training sessions. He's faced Liverpool. He's faced Man United. He's faced Brighton. They are really hard games for anybody. Brighton yeah. went to Old Trafford and ran away with it. Man United, yes, not turned out as good as they were, but Liverpool, second favourites for the Premier League. We're talking about some really good sides. Yes, Naki, we've imploded on some of them, but Wolves have had very little time with a new boss against some very, very good sides. Yeah, you're absolutely bang on. He's had a horrendous start. I mean, starting off at
1: Old Trafford, you've got Brighton, who are, I think I think Brighton will finish in the Champions League. I just think they're an absolutely sensational football team. And then you have Liverpool as well. And we, you know, the game we looked at and we probably thought we can get something out of was Everton and Palace. And we've got three points out of that. I think really you've got to look now. And I certainly don't think he should be sacked. I think that'd be a ridiculous decision at this point. But the season has to start now because we've got Luton. This is and the first
0: game he's under pressure for me. This is the yeah. first pressure game on Saturday.
1: Yeah. You don't win that one, then we're in a pickle. But if you you know, you get something out of that, Man City at home, you might as well play the under-23s for that. It's a complete dead rubber. We've got no chance. It's just a waste of time playing it. But then you've got Villa. So you've got games coming up. You've got Sheffield United, not I think too far along the line either. So you've got probably between, probably between now and the end of November to make a bit of an impact if we're still in a mess at that point and we're still repeating the same mistakes, that's when you may see a reaction from Fosum, But it, it, the season starts now for me. You know, these. The, I think next week's game is an absolutely massive game for us, even at this stage of the season.
0: Huge. Even bigger for Luton, I would say, because they are look, looking in trouble. You are listening and watching <laughs> episode 72 of the Wolves report, where we're analysing the game where it finished Wolves 1, Liverpool 3 along with Mark Nock and myself, Ryan Lester. Let's briefly go through um, the team. There's obviously only two of us this week, so it'll be a bit swifter. Um, Tough one to start with, Nocky, but Jose Zaysar, he was the saviour at Everton, pulled off one of the best saves I've ever seen. But I think for that goal where Robertson tucked it in, I think he should do better on his near post. And and I know he's trying to let Neto break, but you've got to do better than that with a kick. Yeah, I mean, I think these first five games have, Joe so Sire in a nutshell
1: I mean the performance against Everton was probably the best goalkeeping performance I've ever seen but there's so many mistakes in his game and and the, he did one in the first half when he comes out and he half tries to punch and half tries to catch it and he ends up with Liverpool having two or three shots on goal and some brilliant defending to keep him out and I just don't understand that kick I mean Neto makes the run for him you don't have to take that slow the game down if he's one-on-one then maybe I'll get the logic behind it but he's got defenders around him he's, he's I mean, if the kick's right and he sends it all the way through to the goalkeeper, I'm, I'm not moaning about it. Or if he puts Neto out and we win a throw-in, that's absolutely fine. But it was just this, a horrendous kick. It's it's flurling, it's whipping in the air and it lands sort of, you know, probably 50 yards from where he kicked. It was an awful kick. And I agree, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have been beaten at the near post. I do think, I don't hold him fully responsible for the finish because no one tracks the run, Um he should have finished it better. But he, it's really hard because he did, didn't do a lot wrong, in all honesty. There was two big mistakes in the game and one of them cost us a goal. Couldn't do nothing about the uh, the third goal. That was just an unlucky deflection off Bueno. It's going out for a throw in when the kid hits it and he ends up in the back of the net. So he couldn't do a lot about that. And I don't think he could do anything about the first goal either. It's a cross shot from Salah and he's completely caught out. There's no, you know, he's got nowhere to go in that point, but it seems to be that he's as good as he is. And I do think he's a really, really good shot stopper. And I do think he's a good goalkeeper. There's always that mistake in him and it's, it's costing us. It's cost us since he's got here, but then the game's like Everton, he wins us a football match. So where do you balance it up?
0: Yeah. I think the two positions that Wolves would have liked, that they didn't get in the summer would have been an additional goalkeeper and would have been a centre forward, but um, a frustrating afternoon for Wolves and for Jose. So uh, moving on quickly to Max Kilman. um, Max is getting a lot of stick for not being vocal. People don't think he should be captain. Um, if Wolves would have won yesterday, no one would have said a word about it. Um, he's not your typical shouty, growling in the referee's ear, clattering people, captain. But um, three goals conceded again with with Max Kilman in at centre-back.
1: feels like a rabbit in the headlights to me at the moment, Kilman does. I, don't, I, don't, I think he's weighing very heavy on him, the armband. Um, I don't think Dawson's helping him because I don't think Dawson started the season particularly well. He didn't do a lot wrong, did he? There was there was no real moments where he was caught out, but it's the scruff of the neck element. You know, when we're struggling, when we're under pressure, you want him to, to grab it by the scruff of the neck. And similar to
0: Dawson, I just, I didn't
1: feel confident. Well, what are you doing? That review
0: Dawson as well, if you wouldn't mind.
1: Yeah, I mean, Dawson's similar. He You know, he he went down for the third goal. Um, is it a foul? Potentially, but I think he realises he's been done on the halfway line and he just hit the deck, so... Again, similar to Kilman, you can't pick individual moments where they were really poor, but you also can't pick individual moments where they were brilliant. There was a couple of decent blocks in there, to be fair, saying that, um, when Sardar dropped the ball in the first half, but he was he was OK. Um, but, you know, you've got Kilman as your captain, and you've got Dawson who's your real experience. You need them to be more than OK if you're going to get a result in a game
0: like that. Uh, Moving on to the fullbacks Uh, and for me one of the biggest changing points in the game was when Ryan Aitnori went off who I thought was having an excellent game again against Mo Salah.
1: He really controlled him well there was two he didn't try anything stupid either there was two or three times where Salah's tried to get past him he's got a foot in play put it out of play no issue with that at all I don't think Salah had any kind of joy against him at all Um, really well controlled and, and Salah was getting frustrated there was a Part in the second half when Nunes put one straight out of play, and he, you know, all the toys came out. So really good, ain't? he seems to have the better of Salah whenever he plays him, and we seem to get hurt when ain't? he's not on the pitch.
0: That's twice now that's happened. It happened in the one nil win when I think Salah set up the goal very very late on, maybe two. Went Hoover two, went walkabout two years ago. Yeah, not for the first time. Uh, Nelson Samido again. I thought Nelson had a decent game.
1: Yeah, I think from the wide positions especially in the first half we caused them all kinds of trouble I mean it mainly came down Neto's side and, and Bellegarde but I thought he was really good he, he there was a couple of times he got us out of trouble with his speed and, and he was taking the ball away from them real solid performance I, I think he was he was up there with you know my top three players I think with the way that he, he the intelligence I think that he played with didn't overcommit, stayed sensible and got us out of trouble
0: Yeah I do like Nelson I do think again yeah. Nelson gets a, a lot of stick but what I would say with Nelson is when he's good, he's very, very good. But when he's bad, it's very noticeable. And I thought he had a very good game against yeah. high quality opposition. I thought they both did very well. I think Saturday. you are bang on. Um, I think the difference
1: with Nelson, when he's bad, he is bad, but he's not bad very often. You know, you yeah. can count on one hand in the season how many bad games he has. Whereas if he's not having one of those bad games, he's probably going to be one of your better players on the pitch. So I'm a big Nelson Samedo fan. I think he's uh, he's been one of the plus points so far.
0: Uh, moving on to uh, Joe Gomez, let's do a, a, a joint one. Joe Gomez and Mario Lamina. Uh, Gomez, I really
1: thought he was good. I thought he was... He, the midfield worked well for those two. Um, Liverpool didn't have a lot of bite in there. I thought we were very easy, able to control them. We've said it before, I think Joe Gomez, his ball recovery is better than anyone's I've ever seen. You know, he either wins the ball... Or he knocks you to the ground. He he doesn't let you get past. He doesn't let you get away.
0: The only time no surprise he's one of your favourite players, not
1: sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. The only time he switched off was for the Robinson goal because he 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 could see Robinson. He didn't track that run. He didn't follow him and bang. He slips in and scores. But he's a young lad who's still learning his game. So I thought he was he was really good. Um, Lamina, I think he's absolute key for us. I think he's our most important player. I think he's so good in that midfield area. And when he goes off, we suffer for it. Um, his fitness levels are a concern. He, he doesn't seem to be able to get past sort of 70 minutes, 75
0: He did minutes. travel, though, for international football he, he absolutely a long, did long travel, way. Yeah. As, that... as did, you could say that for Huang, Cunha, Neto, Lamina, um, Semedo. I'm not sure about Aitnori, but a lot of our players travelled and, and you could tell later on in the game.
1: You could, yeah, and that's where the replacing quality with quality issue comes into it. But I thought Lamina was excellent. Um, and we feel it when he's not there. You know me, I'm a big Mario Lamina fan. I think he he does exactly what he says on the tin. Three or four times, he wins the ball, he gets rid of it and he gets himself back into the position. I thought he was, a in the first half, he was in full control of the game.
0: Yeah, I would say that midfield pairing, it was a bit of a concern going forward in terms of a creativity. But when you put Belagard in front yes. of them, it, it works then, doesn't it? Because you've got that out yeah. ball and... With Joe Gomez and Lamina, you know they're going to give, I mean, yeah. any midfielder run, the tackles, they love it. And Joe Gomez celebrating winning tackles, he's he's definitely a bit of you knocky, So, yeah, um, no no issue there. But it's hard to play with that intensity they did in the first half relentlessly. It's, it's very, very difficult to continue that level of press and aggression because the Liverpool midfield couldn't breathe in the first half. And that was down to Gomez and Lamina they're two players
1: that don't want the ball. They want to win the ball and get rid of it. And that's why you need, we've been badly lacking someone like a Bellegarde who can, who can get himself into a position to take the ball off them and get themselves at field so they can reset and get ready to go again. Um, But you you can't play that kind of press, especially when you haven't got all that much of the ball and think there's not going to be an effect because the players are getting tired, but we haven't got that quality to bring on. I do like Boubacar, but, He's still probably a couple of seasons away from really making a huge impact in that role. He's more of a destroyer than anything else at the moment. So when we do lose Lamina or Gomez, you know... We're, it's noticeable, we're to... isn't it? He's a,
0: he's a, I, I do, I mean, when we signed Boubacar, he had the, I think, the second or third best pressing stats in European football. And that's the kind of engine I want in my team. Yeah. So he just probably needs to get a bit more game time. I, I, I don't know how he's going to get that. But in terms of... We need to be able to trust him to bring in on earlier when one, one of our midfield two yeah, warriors are, are flagging a bit. Um, moving on now to probably my man of the match, debut guy, uh, jean rene Bellegarde. It was everything we have been missing from midfield. Um, he played a little bit higher up. He looked like a, more of a number 10, dancing past people, very neat and tidy, winning corners. Fans have bought into him straight away. He's, um, he's probably not got the engine, but he looks a more technically gifted footballer than the man that he replaced.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to get too excited because we've seen players coming out. Get really?
0: excited, Naki, we've not got much else left.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, there is that. Um, I really liked his performance. He was brave. He reminded me a bit of Bakari Sako. He had that kind of raw power about him where he was going to just knock people out of the way and, and try and use the ball wisely. I, I, I like the way he plays. He's got such a, He's he's got a desire to use the ball and use it effectively. He doesn't just whip it across for the sake of it. He's 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 got a bit a of a footballer, brain isn't he's a footballer and he's he's very skillful, he's quick, especially over the first sort of 10-15 yards, he's really quick. And to come in to a wolves team when you, you won't have had a lot of time with him. I mean he, he might have been here for a couple of weeks but a lot of those players weren't there. But to have that understanding especially with Neto I think they linked up so well together and that
0: could promising that was really promising. promising
1: going forward and he looks to me like he can play anywhere across that attacking line he could even potentially play up front if needs be hopefully we won't get to that point but he just looks like he can play wherever you need oh. him to play and real quick feet really skillful um strong aggressive i think he's 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 a kind of player that we'll buy into
0: yeah it, in modern football it doesn't say a lot i mean imagine 10 years ago saying this but the roughly 12.3 12.8 million pounds we've played it's one game in but he looks a very very good footballer yeah. and a lot of the French journalists and people I'd seen on Twitter and a couple of people I spoke to said he was incredibly underrated and not got for someone with high stats and someone that can change a game and open a game up. It, it looks excellent value for Wolf. So um, you can tell but, he's
1: going to dictate games. You can you can just feel that he's going to dictate games and he's going to score goals. You just sometimes you look at a player and you you're not sure what they're going to do. Whereas with this kid, you can see what he wants to do, and I I, I just feel like he's going to be a big a big player for us
0: this season and he's, he's an absolute steal at the price we've got him from what I've seen so far. Not that I, I'm going to use the word relaxed, but I think that's the wrong word. He looked very composed. He didn't really look panicked. He took it in his stride. He's playing against Liverpool at Molyneux on his debut and he was probably Wolves' best player. Comfortable on the ball, quick, yeah. good feet, a brain. Probably not always tracking back, but that's not his game. But the way he just found himself in the pockets to collect the ball, to beat a man... Looks like a very, very good decision-maker. When he had the opportunity to take someone, yeah. he, he sort of bundled through the first one and beat the second one with skill. But he looks a great addition. I'm, I'm excited to see more of him. And as you mentioned, Naki, that relationship with Neto, if we can get more from Cunha in there, and then imagine if we can put Sasha in there on the end of, be in behind those three to create some chances. So we've got to be careful forward? with him
1: bro. We've got to be really careful with him because I've already seen this. He's better than Nunez and all these comparisons flying out about Nunes. He's not Nunes, he's a different player to Nunes. His stats, I think, will probably end up being better because I think he looks like he's got that end product, but we can't just have this as a a Nunes bashing session. He's a a new player who's coming into a team and he needs time to settle. If he has a bad game, it can't be written off, which we do sometimes have a tendency to do. So I think he's a player who's, who's going to excite us, he's going to do well and his numbers I think are going to be really strong for us but we've just got to give him time to settle in because he's had a, that was all adrenaline, that game was all adrenaline, you know, now he's going to settle down, he's had his debut, he needs to relax and learn how we want him to play so we just can't get too overall or too excited with him at the moment, I think we've just got to take our time with this one.
0: When your number 10 um, plays and a World Cup winner gets taken off at half-time, I think it tells you how well your number 10 is playing when they change Set up on that, so yeah, fantastic debut. Hope for much more to come. Uh, moving on to Pedro Neto, we'd knocked Pedro Neto on the show. We didn't believe in Pedro Neto. I've had some stick about Pedro Neto. He looks as fit and as strong, but now he's finding his form as well. Now he's taking people on. A great game from Pedro. Yeah, I said last season he was finished. You know, I thought it was curtains, he,
1: he lost his pace, he lost his confidence. He wasn't willing to take anyone. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. I mean, he nutmeg Joe Gomez. He set the goal Beautiful. up. Because, well, he set the goal up because he looked and there was nothing nothing to hit. And I think maybe in the last three or four games when there's been nothing to hit, he's turned back, played it back into midfield and tried to get himself back out wide. This time, he just got his head down. He drove. He drove at Liverpool. He drove to the byline and dinked the ball across. You know, the real intelligent ball across for waiting Great to ball. finish. So he... He looked like the Pedro Neto of old, really brave, and, and we've been badly missing that. And that's why—that's one of the reasons I've been so critical of him—is because I know he's got the ability to take people on, but he hasn't done it. He didn't do it at all last season. You can't one hand the amount of time he tried to take people on, but he was ripping Liverpool to pieces. Joe Gomez has never had a more uncomfortable evening than that because he was—he was absolutely took to the cleaners in the first half, and there was an end product, there was quality about everything he was doing. He looked a top top class footballer, and I'm so. I'm so pleased that hopefully I'll get to eat some humble pie on this kid because he's that that there was as good as anything you'll see from anybody in the in the league in terms of being direct and being aggressive and and trying to get make things happen and, and trying to influence the game. Yeah. And it was just, you know, I was really, really pleased for him. And he deserves that because you know, I've given him a bit of stick, other people have given him a bit of stick, but he's been through it, he's had injuries, he's he's had a couple of seasons where he's not had an opportunity. So to to land back in the team like that, you know, fair play to him and fair play to O'Neill as well, sticking with him and, and, you know, putting him in and keeping him in when other people were questioning who should be playing in that position. So it's, um, yeah, really pleased for Pedro, man of the match by, by distance for me.
0: I went Bellegarde. You went Neto. Uh, both very good games. Paul agrees, as we all said, Neto had a good game. And there's a really v- valid point here from KMWWFC. Neto looked great on the left. What a surprise. I think we can all agree that Pedro Neto is far more effective on his natural side on the left than he is on the right. KMWFC yeah. and Paul, thank you for your comments. Last but not least, Matthias Kuhner. Um, it nearly could have been magical for him if he'd have finished that for 2-0. Did a few of his runs. I think he got a couple of players booked. Maybe one player booked picking the ball up, pushing past people. If we can, we can get him involved. As I mentioned, then with Bellegarde and Pedro, those three, maybe with someone in front of them. Whether it's going to be Huang, whether it's going to be, whether it's going to be Fabio. I don't think so. Whether I think it's going to be um, Sasha. Who knows? But let's get him involved. Um, Cunha, decent game, but. It, it, it's kind of spoiled from a chance he really should have put Wolves to a lot with.
1: Yeah, it's, I think it's decision making, McConnaughey. And I mean, he he buried one against Palace last week, so you you think that he's going to be, you know, a ball coming across like that, he's going to take it. But it, to be fair to me, if I'm going to find an excuse for him, it's at that horrible height where do I head it? Do I volley it? But you know, a player of of any level should be scoring that goal. There's so many, there's so many different ways. So we've seen th- we've seen Tyler score tap ins from there. Well, let's not go that far, but we've um, you know, we you've got to score that chance. And I think his decision making, there's a couple of times he gets into a position and maybe shoots instead of crosses, or he, he just hasn't quite got that decision-making element. But I don't think we should be particularly you know, surprised by it. His stats prior to Wolves were kind of similar to what he's showing at Wolves. He's not he's not a natural goal scorer, he's not a number nine. Um, he needs to be playing deeper. I think he's better when he affects a game from a deeper position. So Sasha ahead of him, for me, makes perfect sense. And if you get Sasha, Bellegarde, Neto and Cunha in a four, I completely agree. I think
0: that in terms okay, of that, uh, I'm, I'm not sure when I will play Sasha against the giant team that is looting. Maybe we're playing into their hands a little bit then, but it's got to start yeah, but- at some time. So who knows?
1: But Sasha doesn't get enough credit for his footwork. I mean, we're all looking thinking, mm. well, you can't play him because he's a big lad. He holds the ball up. He plays with the players in. He does it better than footballer. Fabio does at the moment. So I think you can play him because he will he will be a focal point, but he's more intelligent than just someone that you've got to swing the ball in. And if you've got him holding that ball up and you've got those three or four playing off him, you'll create chances, especially against a Luton team who, who, who are going to get down. We all know that, you know, <laughs> they're going to get relegated. There's no doubt about it. So... They can hurt teams like that, so yeah, I, I do agree that you'd you think he may get eaten up in terms of the big lads around him. But let's look at his footwork as opposed to his heading ability. And for me, he's he's a better option for us than than Fabio in that position.
0: It's a very very poor, fair point. Um, last but not least, I thought I'd missed him out, but I haven't. Uh, Wolves goal scorer Huang Yi Chan, top scorer now with three goals this season. Pedro with four assists. Stats are looking good for those guys. Your assessment on Huangi Yi Chan. I don't know how you assess Wang, to be honest, because he was awful,
1: but he'd got himself another goal, hasn't he? He was. How do you you rate the I mean, I really like him. I love his energy. I love his enthusiasm, and he really wants to play, and he really wants to do well, and he's quite infectious, the way he plays, but other than putting the ball in the net, I don't remember him touching the ball. You know, he was such a, he just, doesn't seem to affect games but he seems to pop up with goals and the way he's going at the minute he's going to hit double figures and I think the last player to do that was Raul wasn't it so
0: that's I, not something this is not a conversation I thought we'd be having at the start of the season
1: I don't know how to assess him I really don't because he was you know he looks like he's playing with his legs the wrong way around for 90 minutes but then he scores a goal so he's just a he's a really difficult player honest question honest answer mate I don't
0: know how he played it's it, it, it's a tough one with Wangi because he's He's professional. He tracks. He protects his fullback. He's a good, honest pro. He works hard. He's, he's someone you'd want around. You could trust him. Yeah. You could trust him. He, Tyler said now nailed it right. Hwangi does most of his best ball work, work without the ball because yeah. he'll, he'll do, he'll press, he'll track. He's very good. What worries me about Hwangi is the deeper he plays the more loose he's with possession. We saw a Villa Park away when he gave the second goal away from McGinn. We saw at home to Newcastle last season when um, he's volleyed it up on the edge of the box when he just could have kicked it out and, yeah, and yeah. Sam Maximum scored like the goal of the season. Those decisions don't seem to be getting any better and he's very loose in possession the further he gets back. I wouldn't be against, can't believe I'm saying this, if we tried Huang in the nine because at the moment... It's not working for Fabio. Huang has one really good asset. He's very, very good at finding himself in a position for a goal-scoring opportunity. He's very, very good at that. Now, if you feed him, we may benefit from that. But I'm not comfortable with Huang in the team in midfield or playing wide because for a team that's possession-based, he gives the ball away a lot. He's not particularly comfortable. But as as, as KMWFC has said again, Huang is a dilemma and he is a dilemma because... I don't trust him with a ball in his own half. Uh, but if we could just restrict him just to giving him the ball in the box, I think we'd have a really good player. So would he t- try Quang down the middle? I don't know. Maybe that's an option for for another time. But it's a, it's a tough one, isn't it? And I, I don't want to be disrespectful because we played five games and he has he's got three goals. That deserves respect and he deserves credit for that. Um, so respect for that. And if he's scoring goals, you should be in the team. It's, we, we can't really argue with that so um that's the team assessment um thank you Nocky. where it finished wolves one liverpool for you're listening to and watching episode 72 of the wolves report with club captain mark knock and myself ryan lester um let's go on to a couple of questions um as always the day of or the day before i put uh the tweet out on obviously Twitter or X, what we're going to call it these days. We've had loads of questions and quite a few of them overlap. So if your name isn't on the tweet or the question, you think it's yours, it's because so many people put it forward. Thank you for your contribution. I'll try and get on as many as we can. Um, Nocky, let's let's get my money out of you tonight. My money's worth. Uh, Richard Holmes asks, what more can should O'Neill do with the front three? Various selections so far all yielded the same outcome. Nocky. I mean, I'm a big fan of four, two,
1: three, one. I think that's what we should be playing. I think Kalajic should be playing. Um, we've just had the conversation about Huang. I, I do quite like the idea of, of Huang in a in a number nine because he's a he's probably the best finisher at the club at the moment. He's a natural finisher. So maybe you could try that. Best instincts, yeah. Yeah, I think Kalajic, Neto, Bellegarde. I don't know, how I'm big in Huang up, but I think. It's Huang or Cunha for that other spot, and I think if you're not asking Cunha to score goals, I think he's a really good option for you. So Huang's got his shirt because he deserves his shirt, but I think if I could pick my four, that would be it. It'd be Klajic up front, Cunha, Neto, and Bellegarde because I think that they're the ones who are most likely to to create opportunities for us.
0: Yeah, I, I think taking those three Bellegarde, Neto, Cunha in behind a forward of sasha huang fabio whoever he picks i think there's a bit of everything there and i don't yeah. think we have to be rigid with where they play because i think Cunha can run left or right um maybe Neto's to preferably on the left-hand side but maybe if you can switch bellegarde and Cunha from a 10 to a seven and then two can be alternating on that i think there's legs in that and i, yeah. I think the manager would have seen that that's that's a possibility richard holmes thanks for your regular contribution to the wolves report Moving on now to um, Graham J. What is required to ensure Wolves repeat their first half performances in the second half of games, instead of tallying off like they have? Great question, Knocky. Earning your money tonight, mate. <laughs>
1: um, fitness levels for me. I, I think I don't feel like we're, we're particularly fit. We
0: have said. Can I just we... jump in with that, Knocky? Is it yep. fitness levels, or is it playing with an unrealistic intensity?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I was going to come on to the fact that it's we play right. such a high press and we do try to, we do play 100 miles an hour, which is going to affect it. I think the issue we've probably got is we can't replace quality for quality. So when we do lose a Lamine or we do lose a Gomez, we lose the effectiveness when we bring Bubikar. I'm Not criticising Boubacar because I think he's a good player, but we lose that intensity. So I think the only way we really repeat it is to kill the game in the first half and then we can play a different way second half. Other than that, we're, this is probably going to keep happening.
0: Yeah, it's a tough one. I, th- I think we need to, it's, it's a tough one because as Liverpool, we don't have Luis Diaz. We don't have Darwin Nunes. We don't have those players to go like for like or even improve off the bench. So great question, Graham. I just think it's about Wolves, when they are playing well, of capitalising on those opportunities, doing that better and then putting your subs in a position to hold on to something that you've got as opposed to chasing a game. Graham, thank you for your contribution to the show. Kevin Blackman asks, "Hi Ryan, do you believe the club have showed too much faith in Fabio? Will he be learned out again in January, maybe with an option to buy? Um, this is a tough one for me. I'll take this one, Nocky. I really like Fabio, and I guess if you've got a young lad you spent a lot of money on, you want him to do well. You're desperate for success for him, and he's scoring for under twenty ones for his country, scoring the cup. I'm not saying that's his level, but in those games when he's given chances, he scored goals." I think we'll see Fabio start against Ipswich um, a week Tuesday. I think we'll see that. I do believe that Wolves would probably bring in a nine. Unless something significant happens with the team and they kick on, I'd be really surprised if Wolves didn't sign a nine in January. Now, that will probably free someone up. And of all the players, you would probably say that will be Fabio. Um, but there's a long way to go yet, Kevin. And you know what? It only takes one goal to change a season for a forward. So, Have they shown much too too much faith? I don't think they've had a choice because you can't put Sasha in at the start of the season. I don't think Cunha is a proper number nine. Um, And I don't think then we've got really any other options. So in terms of too much faith, no. I think they've they've had um, limited options. Um, Fabio's no problem in terms of commitment, effort, hard work. Ticked all those boxes. We just need a bit more quality, which is um, hard to come by at the moment. Thank you for your contribution, Kevin. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm um, running out of juice, and Nocky, better take a question now. Now, I don't know if Mark's taking the mic here or not. Um, maybe he is, maybe he's not. I, I speak to Mark sometimes at the games, and he, he gets quite passionate, like you and I. But um, I, my answer is no, Nocky. But Mark H, would you take Warnock as a new manager? I certainly would, with no hesitation. I'm an absolute no, but Nocky,
1: I'm kind of hoping that's a tongue-in-cheek question. No, absolutely not. Well, he's he's going to get sacked from Middlesbrough, isn't he, So I'm not sure leaving others field and walking into wolves is going to be much of an impact. No, stick with O'Neill. We've got a we've had a difficult start. Let's give him another few, you know, ten games, see where we are at Christmas, and then hopefully he's turned us around by then.
0: Uh thank you for your question, Mark. Look forward to seeing you against the Man City game. Um uh, let's take uh one more question uh from Greg. Um Greg Hickman asks, even Greg, thank you for your regular contribution to the show and the spaces. Does there need to be a change in captaincy? Um, great question. I don't think so. I think if you do that to somebody now, I think you could absolutely buckle their confidence. I think wolves have been. I think wolves could do better in a lot of areas, but I'm not going to blame the captain. Kelman isn't a snotter, he's not a shouter, he's not particularly a fighter. He's a very composed footballer, and you have to trust he's been given that for a reason. He's not your traditional kind of captain that probably Nocky would adore in his day, like an into someone absolutely clattering into every tackle. Um, it's a tough one. Just a quick one on that, Nocky, before we talk tactics.
1: I, I don't think you can strip someone of the captaincy this stage of the season. It would it rip him apart, like you say. I, I mean. I, I Personally, I would have gone for Lamina at the start of the season, but you know, i Lamina. I think he's 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 that in that kind of mould. But no, I don't think you strip the captain at this stage, not unless there's there's a real reason behind it. Um, so I, I get the thought process because he's not the vocal captain that we need at the moment, but he's our captain. And, and for all we know, he's you know he does all his talking in the dressing room before kick off and after the game. You know, he might he might be that vocal captain. He just doesn't instil that on the pitch.
0: Greg, thank you for your, your contribution to the show. Um, we're going to move on now to next week's huge game at Kenilworth Road, where Wolves go to face Luton Town in what looks like a massive game for Wolves and Gary O'Neill. Strong, physical, mobile, tight home end. It's going to be horrible. Last time I think we were there, Knockie, Um, I'm pretty sure it was 1-0 and they were non-league. And, yeah, it was the so. end of it was the end of Stalassol back in when Wolves had that, that the whole away and as opposed to the the three seats you get in the corner from a normal game um this is going to be a, a tough test physically and mentally but we saw them pre-season it was pretty much it was a lot of our second string because it was a second friendly in, in close proximity Wolves probably should have won that night but they didn't we have to respect them it's going to be a hard game knocky so <sighs> What changes are you making? How are we going to approach the game? It's, I mean, it feels like a small pitch, whether that's just
1: because the, the stands are on top of it, but it doesn't feel like a pitch where you're going to have a lot of width. You're going to have to do a lot of your work in close quarters. Um, for me, I think we we set up to win the game, not to worry about them, because I think man for man, we were a better team than they are by a distance. If it was me, I'd go 4-2-3-1. Um, obviously, Sar stays in goal for me. Samedo, 8 nori. Kilman Dawson, I think that's that's going to be the four at the moment. Um, Gomez, Lamina, Holding, and then I'm looking at the three behind. It's going to be Bellegarde, Neto. I know Huangi scored goals, but I'm putting Cunha in, and I'm putting Klajic up front. Um, I think he'll keep Hwangi I think he'll. I think he'll go exactly the same as he did against Liverpool because it worked in the first half. Um, but for me, I'd I'd be looking at bringing Klogic in but I think he'll stick with what we did
0: I'm going to go 4-2-3-1 but I'm going to drop it as a false nine I'm going to put I'm going to put Hwangi in um, Bel- Hwangi Belagard Am I going to go for tonight And no, no, I've changed my mind really quickly. No, I I, I, th- I, I was thinking about putting Hwang up front, but then I don't want to put Bellegarde completely wide right in that situation. So I, I don't know. But I had a message from a, a good friend of mine who is a good football head, Jazz, earlier on. He pointed out these these things. So maybe I'll get, some, get your opinions on these. Um, he said, give you some great opinions. Sort out the back four that may not be your best individually, but operate as a unit ours for a long time has looked like four blokes put together, and it does. So, is it time to have a little mess around with the back four? Do we bring the Bueno, the other Bueno, in if he's fit? Do we need to make changes? Is is that a problem area for us, Nucky? But have have we got changes to make? I mean,
1: that you know, the new lad Bueno, he's he's not been anywhere near it yet. So, do you drop him in for a game that's not a must-win? But I think it's a game that you don't want to lose at this stage of the season. Um, do you get rid of Samedo and put Doherty in? It's a no for me. You're not going to take Kilman out because you your captain. So the only other choice you can make is either go back three and bring Totty in or you take Dawson out and put Totty in. He's not going to do that. And then it's Aitnori or Bueno on the left. And I think most of us probably start Ain't Nuri, don't they? So I don't think we have... I get the logic behind the, the statement. I think you're absolutely right. You need a unit as opposed to individual players. But I don't think we've got the luxury of a squad that
0: we, we really can play We don't with. really know how fit Bueno is yet either on uh, no. as, as, as well. And, uh, and you don't start him in a game where he's going to get bullied. He's going to get beaten up because you are going yeah. to get
1: beaten up in a yeah, game. The, 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 they're mobile them.
0: and they're strong, yeah. Um, just go to the other end of the pitch then. Jazz makes also a really, really good point in terms of someone that can hold the ball up with their back to play. Wolves have got two players that can do that. It's Sasha or it's Fraser. Now, he's not going to throw Fraser in there ahead of Sasha, but Fraser going forward, scoring some great goals, big boy, strong, got a good future. So as you said earlier on, and I did it myself, we're guilty of looking at Sasha and thinking balls into the box. But not only that, he's a good footballer as well. So is this a proper option we can play away at Luton? For me, yeah, I think it's a no-brainer you bring Sasha in. I would understand the thought
1: process of playing Fabio because he's he's got the ability to turn and pull defenders out of position, but I think we'll have enough pace and sort of work rate and energy around the number nine position without having to play Fabio in there. So I'd be looking to get the ball into Sasha and, and bring in the, the attacking players around him. Not going long ball, but just giving you a little bit of a focal point and you know Neto's delivery they've got big lads at the back, but if that delivery is right, no matter how big the lads are at the back, you know, he he's going to score your goals. So I think he's ready now. He's had, you know, we're a couple of, you know, we're a month into the season. We're coming towards the end of September now. So he's had time to get those muscles working, get that leg strengthened. And for me, you've got to at some point pull the trigger and give him an opportunity because you can't keep bringing Fabio in and, and leaving Fabio out to dry or putting Cunha in there where he's not comfortable playing. So for me, i I don't see any... Re- I can't think of any reason why you wouldn't play him against Luton.
0: Well, especially when he's... Obviously, he scored a winning goal in the Premier League this season. He scored again against yep. Blackpool. Um I think he's a very, very good footballer. And with enough quality around him, I think he'd get more out of Neto. He'd get more out of... I think I think him and Cunha could work really well. If he could link him up, because I really want Cunha yep. coming from deep. If those two can link up. So we, we get caught up,
1: don't we? We get caught up with a whole... Luton are a big team, but let's not pretend that Everton didn't have big centre-halves when he scored that winner. You know, you've got Tarkovsky. We had the England goalkeeper
0: stuck on his line because he was afraid to come out. Exactly.
1: So, every team in the Premier League has big centre-halves. The only team, really, is Man United with Martinez, who's, you know, not six foot. Everyone else is going to be six foot. So, yes, Luton have big players, but he's going to face that whoever he comes up against. And I, I just think it gives you something a little bit different someone who's going to stay central he hasn't really got the legs to drop into midfield or pull wide so that option is going to be there for you every time i just think it's it's the right time to give him an opportunity
0: move on to that time of the show we've done an hour we've talked well thank you nocky prediction time now this again we did the other week we don't want to get this wrong because you don't want this to be on a thread and put all over the place so it's a massive game for wolves and and as I'm hosting this show, you're going to go first, Naki. So your prediction for Wolverhampton Wanderers away at Luton Town? I'm just...
1: My, my concern is I think we're going to set up differently than... I mean, I'm not a manager. I don't claim to be an expert. I just... I'm worried about the setup. I'm, I am I can't see us winning the game. I think it's going to be a draw. I'm going to go 1-1. Um, I do think we'll take the lead and I think it will
0: be... I think it'd be Huang. Huang for his fourth goal of the season at the Kenilworth Royal, diving into the away end. Um, you're never going to guess what I'm going to do. 2 0 Cunha. Absolutely. 2 0 Cunha. Um, this has been episode 72 of the Wolves Report. Thank you so much to club captain Mark Not for joining us on this Sunday evening. You can listen or watch back on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and also on Spotify. Thank you for joining us. Hopefully we can join you and you can join us next week after two Wolves wins over the Wolves.